China has recalled its ambassador to Lithuania to protest the country's decision to let Taiwan open a mission under its own name. Taiwan announced in July that it would be opening an office in Lithuania called the Taiwan Representative Office. The name would set a diplomatic milestone, as normally the term Taipei is used for representative offices. In a statement on Tuesday, China blasted Lithuania for agreeing to the plan. Beijing said it was withdrawing its envoy to Lithuania and would demand that Lithuania do the same for its ambassador to Beijing. They've got face masks featuring the flags of Taiwan and Lithuania. DPP lawmakers held a press conference Wednesday to declare its support for Lithuania. With Lithuania agreeing to let Taiwan set up a mission, China fears other European countries following suit, according to lawmakers. China has recalled its ambassador to Lithuania and asked Lithuania to do the same. The international community is critical toward China's threats and bullying. It supports Lithuania's move to advance ties with us. The EU spokesperson for foreign affairs and security policy has condemned Beijing. She said the EU does not consider Taiwanese missions in the EU or member states' offices in Taiwan to be in breach of the EU's one-China policy. She said the EU regrets China's actions and will closely monitor the situation's development. The U.S. Department of State also spoke out in support of Lithuania's relationship with Taiwan. Well, we do stand in solidarity uh, with our NATO ally Lithuania, and we condemn the PRC's recent retaliatory actions. Both the EU and the U.S. expressed support for Lithuania strengthening ties with Taiwan. Lithuania's relationship with China began to sour two years ago, when it condemned Chinese diplomats for disrupting a pro-Hong Kong democracy protest. Political tensions have been high since then, although Lithuania still has deep trade ties with Beijing. According to China's ambassador to Lithuania, from January to April this year, bilateral trade volume between China and Lithuania exceeded 8 million U.S. dollars. That's an increase of 21 percent from the same period in 2020. In comparison, he says, Lithuanian trade with Taiwan was just over 40 million U.S. dollars. But despite its robust trade ties with China, Lithuania appears determined to cement its friendship with Taiwan. It now remains to be seen whether Lithuania will be able to withstand the backlash from Beijing. We are not going to be a party to the zero-sum relationship. That is to say, they are making a third party pick between China and Taiwan. This is not our foreign policy. That's the direction China wants to steer things in. Lawmaker Xu Zijie on Tuesday launched an online giveaway on his Facebook page to thank Lithuania for its pro-Taiwan actions. Winners will get a limited edition puff snack with packaging featuring the flags of Lithuania and Taiwan, as well as a message in Lithuanian saying thank you Lithuania. Xu says he wants to give back to Lithuania for resisting Chinese pressure. Now on to a surprise twist in the story of Swiss biologist Wilson Edwards. If you haven't heard it yet, Wilson is a Facebook user who's been heavily featured in Chinese state media these past few days. It's because he wrote a Facebook post criticizing the U.S. for attacking China over COVID-19. Wilson claimed to be a Swiss biologist, and his post was used by Chinese media as proof of the U.S. politicizing the pandemic. But this week, the Swiss embassy in Beijing threw a wrench in Wilson's story, saying it believes that the man doesn't exist. 
Earlier this month, U.S. House Republicans released a report titled The Origins of COVID-19, which concludes that the virus was a Chinese lab leak. It's a claim Beijing has long denied. The U.S. avoids talking about its own early COVID cases and the many doubts that swirl over its own biology laboratories. At the same time, it continues to engage in political manipulation, putting pressure on the WHO and shifting its blame to China. Just what is the U.S. up to? In October 2019, the U.S. sent more than 300 people to Wuhan to participate in the military world games. Did any of them develop symptoms of COVID-19? Such case information should be made public as soon as possible. Over the past several days, Chinese state media has widely covered a Facebook post by a user named Wilson Edwards, who claims to be a Swiss biologist. The user was critical of the U.S. for putting pressure on the WHO and on researchers who supported the WHO's investigations on the origins of COVID-19. But on Tuesday, the Swiss embassy in China suggested that biologist Wilson Edwards doesn't exist. In a tweet, the Swiss embassy in Beijing said it was looking for biologist Wilson Edwards, who'd been cited in Chinese press and social media for days. If you exist, we would like to meet you, it said. According to the embassy, there is no registry of a Swiss citizen with the name Wilson Edwards and no academic articles in biology published under this name. It is more likely that this is a fake news, the embassy said, asking China's press and Internet users to remove content pertaining to his post. China's leadership is issuing directives that take such a direction. In the pursuit of fulfilling these orders, China's top party media and state media have lost much of their prestige. They have become so anxious that they've transformed from official media representing the party and state to third-rate outfits no better than content farms. Reacting to the search for Wilson Edwards, an internet user posted a GIF featuring Tom Hanks screaming for Wilson the volleyball in the 2000 survival drama Castaway. One commenter based in China condemned Chinese state media, writing that it had lost its professionalism, its investigative reporting, and its credibility overseas. Sandra Otkirk, the new de facto American ambassador, loves beef noodle, speaks Mandarin, and is no stranger to Taiwan. In a video post to social media, Otkirk introduces herself to the people of Taiwan. Let's have a look. Bringing out her Taiwanese, Otkirk says hello in this video introducing herself as the new director of the AIT. In 1992, after I graduated, I began living abroad for the first time in Taiwan. Back then, I was the youngest and least experienced American staffer at the AIT. I never thought that one day I would become the director of the AIT. The video shows Otkirk's business card from 30 years ago. Now her name is preceded by the title of director. In the video, Otkirk talks about her first time in Taiwan, sharing old photos of her adventures. She says she's never forgotten the food of Taiwan. Taiwan. In Taiwan, everyone I meet is always very warm and welcoming to me. I also can't wait to go out and try beef noodles from every shop to find the one I like best. Besides sharing memories of good times past, Otkirk introduced her family. Her husband is deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in Turkey. They have three children, 
two in the U.S. and one at Taipei American School in 2019. After joining the U.S. Bureau of East Asian and Pacific Affairs, Otkirk became its Deputy Assistant Secretary for Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. Now in her new post, she's looking ahead to further deepening Taiwan-U.S. ties. The Michelin Guide has released its latest list of big gourmand restaurants in Taiwan, featuring 58 eateries in Taipei and 33 in Taichung. The Bib Gourmand goes to best restaurants that offer three-course meals for less than 1,000 NT. In Taipei, one owner of a selected restaurant said she was delighted to be recognized, especially at a financially difficult time. Since the outbreak, all of us in the food and drink industry have been feeling quite down. Business is just 10% of what it was. It's really hard. All we can do is tough it out. This year, there are 19 newcomers to the list. One is a Taipei eatery called Inns, which serves a modern interpretation of Taiwanese classics. Another is Satay House, which offers authentic Indonesian fare also in Taipei. As we get used to a slightly more relaxed lifestyle, many companies are still concerned to keep COVID protocols up. In New Taipei Central District, one business is going above and beyond to urge employees to take COVID seriously. They give workers a rapid test every week and expect to see the results of the tests. And for those who get double vaccinated, there's a bonus available, the same as three days pay. It's time to swab your nose again. These guys are taking rapid tests which are provided by the company every week. Everyone gets visors, mask brackets and rapid testing kits. The company doesn't want COVID protocols to relax now we're back in level 2. They require employees to take a rapid test weekly and report the results. A company in the same building had a COVID case earlier this year, making all the local businesses extra cautious. I don't have any other friends whose companies provide the same kind of benefits, like giving up rapid tests. Our company also gave us vitamin C. There's a bonus you get for each vaccine shot. If you get two shots, I think the bonus is quite big. We're lucky. The company is urging all its employees to get the COVID vaccine. Workers get time off to get the shot, as well as three extra days pay as a bonus. More businesses just go with unpaid leave for vaccines, but here they don't want anyone to have a reason not to get the shot. The Ministry of Labour has announced a one-time payout of 10,000 NT for people who lose income due to the pandemic. It can be claimed by the full-time employees who lost more than 20% of their pay in July compared to April. It's also open to some older workers. Let's hear from the Labor Ministry. Because we're still on a level 2 COVID alert and business activities remain restricted, we will provide subsidies to employees whose wages were affected in July. In addition, and this is for people who are older than 65 years old or already receiving a pension. If you're also employed and you meet the original program's criteria, you can apply for this 10,000 NT living allowance. The latest 10,000 NT payout is the third one of its kind. The Ministry of Labor has offered the allowance twice before in May and June. This time around, applications open on August 23rd and end September 30th. An estimated 321,000 people are eligible. 
A new round of COVID vaccinations has begun. This is now the fifth time around, and the only brand on offer is Moderna. It will be administered to some 487,000 people, including pregnant women and people over 65 years old. On Wednesday was a busy day for one Taipei vaccine clinic, where all 1,400 vaccine appointments were booked. The fifth round of vaccination started Wednesday, with more than 487,000 people in Taiwan to receive a Moderna vaccine. Taipei's Shinkong Wuhosu Memorial Hospital, which is administering vaccines at the nearby National Taiwan Science Education Center, said its 1,400 slots for the day were fully booked. People said they were happy to finally get their shot. Of course I'm very happy. I've waited for so long. All my friends got vaccinated. I was the only one that hadn't. I insisted on getting Moderna. I wanted that, so I had to wait. People over 65 and people in the ninth priority group, age 53 to 64, are now able to receive their first vaccine dose. People in the first three priority groups and pregnant women will be able to get their second dose. Since the start of registration, more than 4 million people have indicated they only want Moderna. Now, some who already received one Moderna shot say they're worried about not being able to get a second. Taiwan's vaccine stocks are running low, and it's not yet known when the next shipments will arrive. People who've just got their second shot say they're very fortunate. Back then, for work reasons, I got whatever vaccine was available. I was quite lucky. I want to thank everyone who helped. Medical staff and border control staff are most likely to face the next Delta wave as they try to block it from entering. The second vaccine dose is for these high-risk groups. It's to protect them, to give them full protection. The hospital says giving at-risk groups their second dose is the top priority. The CECC plans to release between 77,000 and 80,000 Moderna vaccines as second doses for frontline medical personnel whose first shot was AstraZeneca. Its priority for now is to achieve full protection for medical staff and at-risk groups as soon as possible. Taiwan announced 12 local cases of COVID, four imported cases, and two COVID-related deaths on Wednesday. It also announced that domestically produced Medigen vaccine will be ready to administer on August 23rd. There will be at least 600,000 doses of Medigen in the initial rollout. Let's hear from the Central Epidemic Command Center. In the sixth round of vaccinations, the Medigen vaccine will be administered. Waitlist registration will close August 13th at midday. The vaccine booking system can be used from 10 a.m. on August 16th to midday on August 18th. Vaccines will be administered from August 23rd to August 29th, a full week. The inspected batches will start to come in the next couple days. There will be at least 600,000 doses. Our goal is to have 800,000 doses. So far, about 1 million people are on the wait list for Medigen vaccine. About 182,000 of them only want the Medigen vaccine and no other. Vaccine preferences can be changed online until this Friday. President Tsai Ing-wen has shared a video celebrating Team Taiwan's success at Tokyo 2020. The clip features manga-style drawings of all the highlights of this summer's games. 
from the shuttle hitting the line in that final badminton match to weightlifter Guo Xingchun celebrating gold. All the unmissable moments are packed into one gallery. We spoke to artist Da Shan about how he created the video. Bringing home 12 medals, Team Taiwan has excelled in Tokyo as never before. President Tsai thanked Taiwan's whole Olympic team, from athletes, coaches and behind-the-scenes teams to umpires and referees. She posted this video to mark the occasion. It depicts the unforgettable moments of Tokyo in all their glory, fresh from the pen of cartoonist Dashan. Sometimes, when I was drawing the pommel horse performance, I still didn't understand how they make those turns, so I had to watch it loads of times. Then, when you want to capture the strength and the perfection of those movements, you have to apply the ink a long time. For example, when Wen Zuyun competes, there are photos that really show her spirit shining through. You look at them and think, that would make a great image. I think, having put them in the video, they're beautiful. I also think that Guo Xingchun's smile when she lifts the weights and the way she shows her power are great. The artist's main concern was how to show both power and beauty in each image. As he poured over photos of the athletes in contest, he was moved by their achievements. In each stage of the drawing, you see the athletes working really hard, so that's very touching. I feel moved as I draw. The video is a tribute to Team Taiwan in all its many flavors and an encouragement for sports people to keep on striving for their dreams. The small-clawed otter is one of Taipei Zoo's many denizens. This summer, it's been a real scorcher, and the zoo uses frozen foods to help animals cool off. The latest brainwave is frozen clams. And the zoo chooses a special species, the Asian clam, to help one pair of otter brothers lose weight. Let's check it out. Tiny and Pomelo are brothers. They swim eagerly to grab their snack of Shubun King goldfish. But the main course is still to come. Laid out with love on a wooden platter, a delicious dish of clams. As soon as the zookeepers retreat, the otters are straight in there, sniffing the clams excitedly before digging in. The Asian clams are a special food we have brought in. It's only available from time to time, seasonally. It's mainly to enrich the behavior of the animals, to give the small clawed otters some excitement, and to make them behave differently. The otters try to break the clams open with their teeth or prise them apart with their hands. This is one delicacy that takes some brain power to unlock. Other species of clam would offer more meat, but Tiny and Pomelo are already a little overweight. So zookeepers give them lots of these smaller Asian clams, getting the otters to eat their meal more slowly. Their main food is divided into fresh live fish and frozen fish. The live fish are usually shibunking goldfish or pond loach. The frozen fish could be pieces of tilapia or milkfish. We also feed them some bullfrogs, sometimes even the Hong Kong whipping frog, which isn't native to Taiwan. Small clawed otters are carnivores. The zoo keeps the menu changing to give them some excitement. But they ask visitors to refrain from trying to feed the otters personally. Getting scraps makes the animals put on weight and can damage their health. The Qixi Festival, also known as Lover's Day, is this Saturday. And what better way to celebrate than taking a romantic stroll in a rose garden? 
Now, if that sounds like a date, the Taipei Rose Garden could be the place to go with your significant other. With more than 700 different varieties of roses, there is something for everyone. Gardeners say the plants have been taken care of to bloom even in the heat of summer. Let's take a look. The Taipei Rose Garden is the largest rose garden in Taipei. The garden has 700 different varieties of roses from all around the world. Among the rose varieties currently in bloom at the Taipei Rose Garden are the Sahirazad, Mary Rose, and the Linda Campbell. It's really beautiful. There are so many flowers. Seeing the flowers reminds me that, despite the pandemic and any difficulties, it cheers me up. It makes me feel that everything will pass. The garden is filled with flowers originating from France, the UK, and many other countries. Since its establishment in 2010, the Taipei Rose Garden has collected more than 700 varieties of roses. It includes well-known rose varieties from the UK, France, Germany, China, and Taiwan. This year, the Taipei Rose Garden has added two new garden areas with popular rose varieties that are suitable for cultivation in Taiwan. The roses at the garden are resistant to Taiwan's weather and diseases. There are blossoms year-round at the park. The plants are bred to boost heat resistance and resistance to diseases and pests. The main feature here is that there are roses to enjoy year-round, no matter the season. So if you're interested, you can visit every year and every day. And it's not just roses. The garden also has plenty of chrysanthemums in bloom. Park staff and volunteers have worked hard during Taiwan's COVID epidemic taking care of the plants. With Taiwan's Valentine's Day right around the corner, why not come for a stroll? For Mosin News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei.